again Don't know where Don't know when But I know we'll meet again Some sunny day Keep smiling through Just like you always do Till the blue skies drive the dark clouds far away. Well, and what we worst feared is here, and as thing appe- things appear right now, it's here to stay. Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball Players Association failing to reach a deal by their arbitrary self-imposed deadline of was yesterday, now Today at 5 p.m., they fail to make a deal. We have the first two series of the Major League Baseball season being postponed. We have ramifications all over the place. And, um, you know, we're going to be talking about this all episode, but a whole bunch of lies and uh, misinformation and disinformation from the owner side of things that um, we're all pretty upset about and we're going to be talking about at length today, but it is not a good day for baseball. It's not a good day to be a Blue Jays fan, a baseball fan, a sports fan, really. Um, Guys, I'm not even going to ask how you are because I know it's not good. I know the answer isn't going to be good, but uh, Bryson, Jacob, at least it's good to see your faces and talk about, I was going to say talk about baseball, but that's not what we're talking about right now. No, uh, this, unfortunately, we actually forecasted two years ago. And the fact that it has actually come, and the fact that we know for sure uh, we won't be getting a full regular season, uh, just the fact that it's actually starting to settle in, I think that's what makes it the worst part. And I guess already it's, in a way, it's sunk in, because right now we should be talking about spring training games. We should be talking about the first week of the season, the excitement, and then how we're going to get bored of spring training after one week. And uh, unfortunately, that's just, that's not a reality, and we don't know... When we'll get to that point, um, it's safe to assume there will be baseball. We just, we don't know when. And uh, I think that's the scary part, the scary part for the sport. And I think the the part, the most important part is uh, for a fan's perspective, just, you know, how upsetting it really is to be a baseball fan, not just for the Jays, but you can feel this and every other market throughout the game is feeling the exact same way. Yeah, I, I think the worst part about this is, is we go into Monday night, Hearing there's optimism, hearing that the deadline is being pushed back, not because the league can't make an agreement, but because they anticipate an agreement coming today on Tuesday. And then we see Rob Manfred practicing his fairway swings. So, I mean, that that shows you all you need to know about how big of a uh, clown he is. I'll get that out of the way. I think he's not doing good at his job, and he's he's made the start of the regular season, the start of what it's expecting to be a very good regular season for the Blue Jays, he he's turned that into a, a pile of crap, and it's just it's 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 terrible. I mean, I hope this isn't it. I mean, I think I was the one that predicted that we might end up seeing baseball come back in a week or so, but at this point, who knows? It's all I can say, and I've been saying this for three straight months: just get a deal done, and somehow a group of grown human beings can't even do that, and it's brutal. Yeah. Um... I don't know where we want to start on this one. I guess we can start with the negotiations themselves. Um, We knew they would be starting to meet every day at the beginning of this week, or I guess this past week now that we're on Monday. Um, It 
didn't work out. Um, the two sides weren't able to reach a deal. And when I say the two sides, um, I'm really referring to the owners. Um, we've seen this since day one of the negotiations. First off, if things stayed where they were on day one, if they re-signed the exact same CBA, or excuse me, the, the CBA that the Players Association wanted on day one, all of their requests about service time, um, about, you know, the 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 player, the amount of money for two-year players, having players, you know, automatically get Super 2 status, um, no expanded playoffs. If they, the owners agreed to that deal on day one, on December 1st, on December 2nd, this would still be a massively good deal for the owners. This would still be a deal that they reap billions upon billions of dollars from. Um, instead, they pigeonholed themselves into this fake position of owners losing money, owners being financially unstable, Major League Baseball being a worse investment than the stock market, which is patently false on every single part of it. Um, and they've walked themselves into this situation purposely where they will not move on anything and they're trying to blame it all on the Players Association. Um, that's how I'm viewing these negotiations. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I'm pretty pissed off right now, as I'm sure we all are, as I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is, whether you're listening to a day of or a week later, who knows what's going to happen in the next week. But, um, in my mind, Major League Baseball, the owners, Commissioner Rob Manfred and, um, you know, I'm trying to get the rational points out of the way now because when we start talking about Rob Manfred, it's going to get ugly. But they pigeon them, hold themselves intentionally into this position of not moving at all, of declaring that baseball is not a profitable business for them when that is patently false. And we find ourselves in this situation where they don't care about the game, they don't care about the players, they just care about their bottom line. So that's how I feel about the negotiations that went down this past week. Um, where do you guys stand? Do you differ on any of that? Um, how are you feeling now that the negotiations are over, at least for the time being, the players association has flown back to wherever their homes are, wherever the players live. The owners have also dispersed or are dispersing as we speak after Rob Manfred's, uh, colossal, Failure of a press conference earlier today. Um, everyone's going home. They're packing up and calling it a day. So here we are. Negotiations have ended and we still have no baseball. Where are you guys at with these negotiations? You see, the thing is, one thing I'll say first. If you can't, for, to the owners, if you can't ream in a, a good enough profit out of a billion dollar industry, that is not the player's fault. That's not the player's association's fault. Uh, second thing you just mentioned everyone's going home you know who and they're going home obviously i don't know everyone's financial situations but they're going home they make a lot of money as owners and as commissioners but if you're the way i'm looking at this you're a local restaurant owner you're a stadium worker you're a minor leaguer who's hoping to get it to the major leagues you hear this news and you think that, like what the heck is this how do you how do you just give everybody else the bad end of the stick because of these negotiations and the fact that it it was December first, so we we have taken taken or we've gone from one year to the next year. We're almost out of the winter. We're almost into the spring, and this still hasn't even been resolved yet. And who knows when it's resolved? Like as of right now, talks I believe are scheduled to start Thursday. Although I saw an Arash Madani tweet saying 
nothing has been officially scheduled. So who knows? You know, you have this type of situation where for three months or two and a half months, really, you have minimal discussions about something that you had five years to debate about. Now I get it. Everyone's going to give their better offers, theoretically, when the deadlines are approaching. But even that didn't happen this year or this week and today. And I, I'm just very disappointed. You know, this is for the hardcore fans of baseball. Yeah, we're going to stick with the sport, but for pretty much everybody else, this is just a slap in the face because Rob Manfred, and this is not even the money, but for years he's been trying to get this league to bring in more fans, make the games more entertaining. And now he's saying, okay, well, you know what? We're just like not even going to play a game so that we can try and make a little bit more money and squeeze a little bit more money out of the players. You said Rob Manfred's been working for years to get more fans into the game. No, I I disagree. It's No, I'm not saying like, yeah, actually, let me retract that. I don't necessarily agree with that. That's just kind of how it's been looking to yeah, the average person. That's, and that's the, how they're trying to make. That's how the owners want to frame it. They want to say we're working on yeah. growing this game, getting more fans involved. That's patently false, mm-hmm. but yeah, that is what the owners are saying, yeah. and some fans do believe it. Yeah, and if if you clearly wanted more fans in the in the stands, you'd have stands that are able to view games in the first place, and to just cancel them completely and not even make them up. Like, okay, I get it. You to to uh, reschedule this or maybe add it on to the the last little bit of the season that could be a mess. I understand that, but to just cancel games and say, I guess we're not playing baseball. Well, clearly, you don't care about the uh, the game because you, you like you want to have the pitch clock reduce the time that you're waiting for action. You know you don't have to throw four pitches to intentionally walk them. Okay, fair enough. You want to make the game more entertaining, but I, I'm pretty sure anyone with a functioning brain knows that. An entertaining game requires an actual game to be on. So, very, very disappointed. And it, it really, I think I said this at the very beginning, the, the most disappointing and angering part of it is, what did we hear last night? We're postponing the deadline because we anticipate a deal being made. And turns out that was just straight up a lie. And so, I, congratulations, Rob Manfred and the uh, the owners. This is, I hope this is what you wanted, really, just to have the entire league and and really everybody around it against you guys that is the worst part uh for me after what we went through last night now if we didn't go through that last night maybe we would have been a little bit more prepared for this because all of us to begin with well i should say the least you guys more were more pessimistic than than i was but overall we all were so we could have all kind of we all knew this was coming in a way but the fact or to the point of where it went last night with all of the false, and I don't know how true any of it really was, other than them manipulating everything, purposely leaking it, or kind of giving the fans the impression, so then today they can blame the players, or attempt to blame the players for why there's no deal. Um, You know, there's a lot of words you can describe it as, I just, I'd rather not get into all of it, because it could get pretty ugly for my mouth, but yeah, I'm going to try and be as calm as possible with that, so that was probably the worst part, and just overall, I mean, if you, you go back to the first meeting, whenever it was, I think it was last Monday when they did the whole lineup of meetings uh, in Jupiter, Florida, um, it started off bad. There were moments where you, it felt like, okay, we're getting on the right direction. And then it went back to incremental movement. It went back to differences aside. And then, of course, last night where we, we thought there was a major breakthrough, which turned out to be false. And you look at what the MLB was offering. And it's just, it's hard to accept that 
is a player. And I think the the main the main part for me was. Um, and somebody asked Rob Man for this in his press conference. Uh, inflation's up seven percent. I think it was seven percent. And meanwhile, uh, their CBT offer to the players was actually almost two percent below the rate of inflation. Now you're pretty much having a CBT. It, it's also frozen for a couple of years. It doesn't go up until I think the fourth or the fifth year. You know, as we're seeing a rate in it, like how how do you accept that as a player? Um, unfortunately, the owners, of course, we understand what their mission was here, their goal, and unfortunately they were successful, but at what cost other than pretty much delaying the sport uh, that we all want to see and you know, pretty much hurting the fans the most out of all this, and of course the players. And I think they re- need to realize too that this is the player's game. And of course, I think it was Jeff Passan who had the analogy where he said if you take out 1,200 players and replace them with 1,200 players below their caliber in terms of skill, you will see a massive fall off in talent because of how difficult this sport is. Meanwhile, if you replace 30 owners, who's going to care? And I think that was the main, uh, I think it was the analogy that he said, and it's really hard to disagree with that. So that's the part where I look at it as well. Now, you go back to 2020, you remember that the union originally, if for those who don't really remember, is they actually wanted 81 games that season uh, for prorated salaries. And the owners flat out said, no, uh, we're going to we're gonna prorate you and implement a 60-game season. And I think that was the mission that they accomplished this time. And it feels like, in a way, they're just trying to get back at the players. And if you guys remember last year as well, they tried delaying the season until May 1st. I don't know if you guys remember, but they had the original idea because of COVID uh, to delay spring training a month for healthier or to for it to be less of a risk for players. It just see the past two years now, they have been doing everything they can to cut games from the players. And you look at what Tony Clark said today, and you can see the emotion on his face. You can see that he actually looks bothered, and he's right. I mean, opening day is a privilege. And for players in baseball, it's hard to stay in the league as it is. You know, this is two times in the last three years. We're not getting a usual opening day. We're not getting a full 162-game schedule. Um, That sucks. It really does suck. And I still understand that there's some people who actually support the owners or blame both sides. Well, I'll just say this for people who are, you know, complaining about players being greedy and whatnot. Uh, I think a perfect example is one of the union heads that was there all week was Max Scherzer. I mean, you look at his career earnings, you look at the contract he signed with the Mets, $40 million a year. This guy, if he truly didn't care, he wouldn't be there. And he wouldn't be fighting for salaries for players who are younger and, you know, minimum salaries and arbitration bonuses, everything they're trying to accomplish here. You know, they're doing this not for them. And that's what, you know, that's the one thing I think people are wrong about is that they say, oh, look how much baseball players make. They're not fighting for those people. Those people are fine. And we know that. We're talking about the middle caliber players. We're talking about the people who can barely stay in the league. And they're fighting for that. They're fighting for the next generation. And again, you look back, it's so hard to disagree with what they're trying to do. And unfortunately, it's just come down to a game where the owners don't want to expand their wallets. And they're sitting on and they're acting like stock markets are a bigger investment or more profitable than owning a baseball team, which is completely false as it's been, what, made almost $40 billion the last five years. And I think that's what Rob Manfred said today, that the past five years, it's been a disaster for them in terms of profit. Well, I mean, $40 billion, I'm... I don't know what's disastrous about that. So the one thing here, and uh, yeah, Jacob, you mentioned it. Thursday's the earliest. I guess they can resume negotiating. However, MLB said that was their best and final offer today. So a part of me is very skeptical about Thursday actually resuming talks. And that's the other thing is we don't know when this is going to end. 
And to end it off before I hand it over to you, Mark, because I know you have lots to say, you want to talk about from a Blue Jays perspective, 2020, not in Toronto, 60 games. 2021, not in Toronto for opening day. You come back in July. 2022, three straight years, you're missing out on opening day and you're, you're missing out on a full season of baseball in Toronto. And I think that's the one thing that people, or at least the rest of the baseball world, doesn't even realize. It's kind of just the thing that we realize as Jays fans. Jays fans are really suffering the most, I think, out of this, or just as much. You're missing out on your team for three straight years playing an opening day game in Toronto. That sucks, and um, it hurts. It's, it's hard to really think about and grasp about when you really look at it from the overall picture. So I just, I'll leave it there. And, um, you know, the, the just the concerning thing is we don't know how much longer this is going to go on. It can get really ugly. It can get, you know, improve really quickly. But uh, the owners really showed uh, what they truly care about today, unfortunately, and I guess all winter to confirm it uh, in that case. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up the Blue Jays because I do want to talk about them eventually. But first, I think we should stay directly on the topic of the negotiations. And, you know, it's probably time for us to go into the Manfred segment, which is going to be ugly. But, um, yeah, I mean, you referenced his press conference today. I, like, what is going on? <laughs> like, does he really think we're that dumb? Does he really think we're that dumb that we don't understand what's going on in baseball? You mentioned the revenue thing. He said, quote, last five years have been very difficult for the league from a revenue perspective, end quote. The league Major League Baseball has totaled over $43 billion in revenue over the last five years. I don't know a single person on the face of the planet who would say $43 billion is a very difficult time. It's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I think the part of all of this that sums it up for me is Rob Manfred comes out today and he's laughing. You know, we talked about the golf swing, the picture of him practicing his golf swing at the, um, the, the location in Jupiter, Florida. To me, what gets me is the laughing. He walks out and, you know, as fans, anyone watching this podcast or listening to podcast, you hear the disappointment in our voices. You see it in our faces. This is every single baseball fan across the United States, across Canada, across every single country in the world because it's an international sport. Every fan is heartbroken about this. And it's more than just the fans. You know, there was a tweet from uh, Andy McCullough of The Athletic, and he mentioned how Rob Manfred and the owners in general, because again, we beat up on Rob Manfred because um, he 100% deserves it. And he is a colossal joke of a commissioner. But at the same time, he does represent the owners and the group of owners that um, run this sport and he's a representative of them. So we beat up on him. There is more to it than just him, but a tweet from Andy McCullough mentioned how the owners are breaking the backs of everyone who's in this sport, every non-uniformed personnel, everyone who loves the sport and is dedicated their lives to it. The owners are breaking the back of these people. And it's just disgusting to see that. And beyond that beyond the non-uniform personnel, the coaches, the training staff, the scouts, the front office, the analytical guys, beyond that, you just talk about the monetary impact of this. Jacob, you brought this up before the podcast. Think of all those businesses down by the Rogers Center. I mean, think of 
I don't know, the sausage stand outside gate five or the St. Louis um, wings place down the street on Bremner Boulevard. Think of all those places that rely on the income and the fan traffic of having people there day in and day out during the regular season. And they've suffered the last two years. They've suffered in 2020 when the season wasn't in Toronto. They suffered last year when the Blue Jays didn't get back to Toronto until the end of July. Those businesses have suffered significantly. The Toronto economy, the Canadian economy has suffered. Um, And that's just going to continue because the owners are so pigeonholed into their stupid ideas their idea that they need to make more money at the cost of the sport and all this all this is going on all this you know harmful effects of all this happening and Rob Manford comes out today and he laughs and like the only thing I have to say to that I said this to you guys what the fuck are you laughing at like what are you laughing at there's nothing to laugh about right now it is a horrible moment for the sport one of the worst moments in the history of sport of, of baseball and Rob Manfred is coming out and laughing. So I don't know. What the fuck are you laughing at? I genuinely would like to know what he's actually laughing at though, because you've just gone and, and just completely screwed over as you know, we've mentioned the businesses, the, obviously the players, a lot of people you've just said, okay, well, you know what? We've made this executive decision and you just, you can see that nobody's happy. And it was Bob Nightingale just a couple hours ago at a tweet. People are chanting out there, we want baseball. People are not happy. Like Twitter is blowing up and pretty much all on on the owners at this point with the exception of a few random threads that are against the players. But people are clearly not happy. And you just, you, you look at someone in the, in, the, in the crowd that's asking you a question and you just, <laughs> like, I, I don't know what you're laughing at. And it's just... It's just the fact that he was laughing is a joke in my in my eyes. Like, and I I really don't think you're fit to lead a league. I'll be honest. I would not want him handing any type of trophy. Which, by the way, he called the uh, commissioner's trophy the one that you play 162 games for, the one that you risk or you, you prepare for all your life, the one that you get after you win a World Series. He called that just a piece of metal. So shows that you know there's just not really a lot of uh, personal investment into this this is just his way of making money and he just he finds it funny i i you know and i get it human beings they laugh and then you're told don't laugh and you find that 10 times funnier but this is just genuinely not a funny situation and it's 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 beyond disappointing i i just there's a lot of things i want to say but i don't want to go on too big of a tangent like i could Oh man, I could go I could go on for hours and it's just it it's it's one of those things where as a fan of other leagues, I don't even want to say that I'm a fan of baseball in front of other people now. Yet now obviously baseball's not dead forever after this, but how are you how are you supposed to go and watch the Leafs get booted out of the first round again knowing that they can still play but the Blue Jays they can't now because the back end of things are not being worked out and it's it's all I can say is get the CBA done and uh, get out of office, Rob Manfred. Go home. The, this league, these fan, you don't deserve these fans. I think is the best way to put it. You don't deserve these players, the uh, the players' association or anything. Just and as you mentioned, Mark, it's not a hundred percent Rob Manfred. He's just kind of the face of it. But it is. It's a slap in the face to just say, okay, we're gonna kind of screw you over and then just laugh about it and. 
also the way he was reacting to some of those reporters, I didn't see this, but you guys mentioned that somebody had asked if, if they could ask a second question and he just kind of shut the person down and said, no, I, I don't know what to say to that. Or I don't know how to say it in a, in a not terrible way, but like I said a few seconds ago, get the CBA done and get out of the league, get out of the office because I don't want to see that. I, th th this league does not need somebody like that running it at all. Yeah, I mean, he was laughing even before, I guess, he thought the cameras or he knew the cameras were on him. And I think that was the worst part is the first thing you do when you, I guess, just turn on SportsCenter or stream or wherever you were watching. So you just see him laughing at, at your face through the screen. I think, you know, you just wanted to punch your screen right away. So, yeah, I mean, he also said that he shut down the reporter, laughed in her face. Uh, that's pretty disrespectful. And then, again, him just laughing in general and acting like I that he cares about baseball fans, that's also disrespectful. So it's just... It's a disaster that was waiting to happen, but at the end of the day, there really is no reason for this to be happening. And I think that's the worst part is that it's strictly about them not wanting to expand their wallets. And that's literally the only reason why we are not playing right now. Like there, it, it It's pretty simple, other than if you want to get into actual specifics, the moral of this, that that is the moral of it. And it's that self or that's that straightforward. But at the same time, you look and you wonder, you just wonder in, you know, day, today's day and age, you have inflation going up, you're coming out of a pandemic, we're almost on the other side. And it's just, it's mind boggling that I guess a stock market, I mean, that's always going to stick with me, a stock market's more profitable. So yeah, and I think the worst part about this is we're going by weeks here or weeks. Yeah, but we're going by weeks when he uh, cancels regular season games. I think each time we see that, it, we're just going to cringe to our stomachs um, when we see that. I think the first time he, or it was the first week officially, so that is the Jays' opening series in Baltimore, and of course, uh, their home opener the following week against Tampa. So those are wiped off the schedule. Um, he was asked about possibly rescheduling, and he made a, a bogus argument about interleague play when we all, re we all really know deep down that if they wanted to get in 162, they can make it happen. I think they said the last lockout, uh, the season started a week later, which means they extended the season a week to fit in 162. So that's the worst part. And it just proves to you that they are intentionally doing this. And Mark, you were the first one out of us three to say that in our chat last week, that they're intentionally trying to loo or lose games on purpose. And that was the worst part. And then they gave the impression last night that they were willing to get a deal done. And even the union believed that this morning, which is even you know, more mind-boggling. And unfortunately, it's just, you know, the union was caught up in this because I don't know if they saw this coming or I'm sure they're not surprised, first of all, but I don't know if they saw this coming of them, you know, making these claims that they were that optimistic. And unfortunately, while this was all going on last night, we did get the odd tweet that the union believed there was still work to be done. And clearly they were the ones that were truly authentic about this approach and just this whole process. So as much as, you know, you look at it and you just wonder like, the owner's really doing this and messing with baseball fans and trying to paint the picture and spin the story on them and, and pretty much using fans as um, guinea pigs in this and just using them as test subjects, which is even worse. So, Mark, I know your prediction was May 1st. Based on how it went today, I'm I'm hopeful you're correct about May 1st. I don't like the way this is going. It's just they clearly, I mean, they said it. I mean, and Rob Manfred pretty much lied in his press conference they did use their best and final offer for now, obviously. Will that change most likely? Because they are going to bargain again 
We just don't know when. And, um, I mean, I think we're lucky to get it by May 1st. I hope so. I mean, obviously we will get it at some point, but that's the nature of it right now is we don't know how many games will be lost and the damage that is coming with this, uh, it's significant. And of course, you know, the salaries that are being lost by players every day, Jacob, you mentioned, uh, the stadium workers, uh, pretty much the small businesses. And also don't forget about the small businesses down in spring training right now who usually profit during this time of the year. And they're another one who didn't get spring training in 2020. So, or at least a full spring training. So, Everyone is suffering from this other than the owners. And it just, um, as much as it's cold to say it's a reality, is that they don't give a damn. They really do not care other than their own well-being and their own profits and their own wallets. So I think that's the part that we're going to have to get over. And I don't know, um, I you know, it's obviously not going to sync well with every fan out there. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I know the union is going back to their head offices in New York. I believe that's where bargaining will continue whenever that will be. And um you know, you understand what the players are doing, and um, they understand what they're doing too. And they're, the fact that they're willing to sacrifice games too because of this, it also says something of how strong that union is right now. Because obviously, if they really wanted to play games, they would have taken that deal today. But um, they're not. And uh, you give them credit for the next generation, of course, of baseball players who they're doing that for. And really, it it's time for them to change the way uh, this is. And you, you like the way... Uh, or fans should like what they're trying to propose here and it does make the game a lot better by the sounds of it so regardless if that's 14 teams 12 teams we're talking about you know anti-tanking we're talking about people being competitive that's what you want to see of course and that's what makes the the game so fun especially in moments like October play nothing is as good as playoff baseball we all know that so um light at the end of the tunnel we thought we had last night that's not the case we are still probably in the middle of this tunnel and we don't know uh what's going to come on the other side which uh is unfortunate See, I can guarantee you if the owners were losing money because of this, there would have been a deal December 2nd. But, you know, you, it, when it's not them, they don't see it. And it's just it's it's very sad because, you know, also one thing we're forgetting to mention and is those guys that are not guaranteed contracts. Now, the big names, they're going to get their contracts that, you know, once once the uh the signings are allowed to resume. But if you're one of those players who was good last year, like look at Corey Dickerson, I want to see him back on the blue Jays, but, and I'm, I'm sure he'll get a job, but there are going to be a lot of players who maybe don't settle for the type of job that they wanted to, or end up going on some type of minor league contract and praying they can make it up to the big leagues. And it's just, I think the saddest part about for me for these players yeah i know players make a lot of money but that's besides the point the sad part for me is they can't control this like you look at alec manoa wanting to have his second year in the big leagues completely out of his control pretty and it's it it's just it's very 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 disappointing and i you know you mentioned predictions i said april the 7th i predicted there was going to be a one week delay i just hope i can watch this team before i uh go back to school in the fall like do i think that'll happen yeah but at this rate who knows because there could be a you know i, I don't want to i don't want to guarantee that anything happens by a certain day because we've been told every single day oh okay we, we've made progress but we're still far apart and then it's tones were good today and then we'll hear in the morning actually tone was pretty bad and now we're far apart or even further or we've made some progress but not enough progress and Let's just hope there's a season at this point because, you know, yes, technically it's one week or, or 
two series, you know, so the first week of the season that's been delayed. I don't think that's it. I think there's going to be a lot more. And I think that's why a lot of us are as upset and as angry as we are, because we can see beyond these owners. We can be see beyond the, the negotiations as a whole. This is not over despite what we had hoped, despite what we thought. And man, it's just, I, I just want to see a, uh, a competitive blue Jay season fully in Toronto for once, because it's been a while since we've gotten to see that. And I guess we have to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. This is, uh, it's not over by a long shot. And both of you guys bring up the players. Um, I think that's an important part of this that I think a lot of fans, some people listening probably, and a lot of fans out there, um, don't see this as a one-sided thing like we do. They see it as a two-sided thing or even a one-sided thing on the side of the players. It's the player's fault. And the two things that I would bring up, Jacob, you mentioned, you know, these players are earning a lot of money. They, like they are, that's the truth of the matter. Even players who are earning major league minimum are earning whatever it is, $575,000 a year, $600,000 a year for an average person. That's a hell of a lot of money, right? If I ever made that much in a single year of my career, I could retire happy. That is, uh, you know, it's another worldly amount of money. Um, but we're talking about the best players in the world the best in the world at doing this thing. You know, we're not talking about some Joe Schmo you pull off the street and stick in a uniform and stick him at second base. We are talking at, uh, about the 600, about the 800, about the 1,000 best players in the world, right? Like a, a lot of people complain. Why are, why are baseball players complaining when they're going out on the field, they're playing a kid's game for fun, and they're getting paid a lot more than anyone else gets paid? It's because they are the best in the world at this. If you are among the best 1,000 dentists or lawyers or plumbers or, you know, journalists or entrepreneurs or, you know, I could go on and on and on. If you're among the best 1,000 of those in the world, you're going to be getting paid a hell of a lot of money because your expertise is worth it. Your skills are worth it. You're a rarity in the industry. You are one of the top 1,000 people in the world and you get paid as such. It's the same thing in baseball. We're talking about the 1,000 best players in the world. That's why these players get paid so much. And when you compare their amount of money, the amount of money they're making year in and year out, league minimum, $600,000, compared to the what we just said, $43 billion that the owners are raking in over a five-year period. I mean, come on. You know, what's the analogy? It's um, it, it takes like 12 days to get um, uh, a million seconds or like 50 years to get a billion seconds. It's something like that. That's the magnitude of difference we're talking about between the players and the owners. So don't be out there complaining about the selfishness of the players when the owners are that literally times a thousand, <laughs> like literally by the numbers times a thousand. So that's what we're talking about here. That's the difference that we're talking about in these negotiations. Um, the other thing I would say is that, you know, players are coming to the table too. Players are making these negotiations and there might be people out there who are saying like, yeah, players deserve more money, but it's a two-sided negotiation. You can't make a deal without the other side. The players have to come to that table as well. 
And the thing I say to that is the players have come to the table. The players were there on December 2nd. They were there after the 43 days of the self-imposed shutdown by Major League Baseball. They were there at the hotel in, I think it was Dallas for that meeting. They were there. They were there. They were there time and time again. And MLB walked out after eight minutes. MLB didn't make a proposal for 43 days. MLB is imposing this lockout impose this artificial deadline that we're at right now they said we're not going to play we're going to set in a lockout you can play without a cba you can play without a deal in place um and you know bryson defensive lockout like you're mentioning that's what mlb is calling it and it i don't know i'm going on and on but it's not the player's fault for many many reasons it is not the player's fault that we're in this situation and the players just want to be paid their fair share you know, you can boil it down to millionaires versus billionaires, as many people do, but that's just not the truth. They are battling for their fair share because they are among the best in the world at what they do. That's all it is. That's all it is. And it's not Max Scherzer complaining he isn't getting paid enough. It is the, I don't know, the Anthony Alfords of the world. It is the Jacob Waggis packs of the world. It's those guys who we're talking about in these negotiations. We're not talking about Max Scherzer. We're not talking about Garrett Cole. We're not talking about Marcus Simeon. Um, I think that's something that gets lost on a lot of people. So I hope people can understand what we're talking about here. Um, I mentioned we want to talk about baseball. We want to talk about the Blue Jays. So let's talk about the impact of all this on the Blue Jays and how it plays out for them over the next month, two months, three months. Um, first, let's talk about the ownership. Um, I don't think Rogers wanted this. <laughs> Rogers has suffered enough for the Blue Jays monetarily wise over the last two years. They didn't get a single cent in revenue from gate tickets, the gate revenue in 2020. They got a significantly smaller amount than they normally would in the 2021 season. And I have to think Rodgers is not happy with this being cut off. Um, the second thing I'll say about Rodgers is that almost all their money, a lot of their money, and the reason that Rodgers wants to own a baseball team is because they also own Sportsnet. They also own the broadcasting rights. And every game you cut off of a season, we saw this earlier this week or last week when we, when the Atlanta Braves released their financials because they are publicly owned, um, they made something like $8 million per game. That's what Rodgers is losing from this. That's what a lot of teams are losing, but Rodgers even more because they own the broadcasting rights. They own Sportsnet, which is reaping the benefits of these games. So I have to think Rodgers is not happy at all about any of this. Um, and I think there's, you know, a number of teams around the league, a number of owners who aren't happy with this result. I mean, you have to think someone like, um, his name is escaping me, Stephen Cohen, Steve Cohen of the New York Mets. You have to think he's not happy that baseball is going to the brink because of basically what amounts to competitive balance tax when he's the first guy who wants to be spending more. You have to think he's not happy about this. So I think Rogers is among a number of owners, a handful of owners across the league who aren't happy with this result. Um, and maybe that's just myself justifying this all to me because I'm a Blue Jay fan and I want to cheer for the team and I want to cheer for everything about them. But I think Rogers is probably on the side of this that isn't totally happy with this result. No, that's, that is totally fair. And who knows where this goes here. I mean, do I think Rogers would try to sell the team? I mean, I, first of all, I don't think that would happen within the near future. Maybe they look into it. I, I highly doubt it, especially at this, like unless the entire season's canceled, 
probably not going to happen. But yeah, no, this it's there are I think the the key takeaway from what you just said is there are a lot more than just the players, a lot more than a lot more than the owners realize that are being a lot more parties that are being impacted by this. And, you know, who knows, maybe you do start to see owners of teams. I mean, beyond who's just been within the negotiations because Rogers is a big company. You know, it's, it, you could definitely start to see this where it's like, okay, guys, like, what are we doing here? Like, okay, fair enough. We want to make sure that the owners are profitable. Fair enough. I get that. But you can then definitely see these companies and the owners and definitely a lot more people than what we've seen in the negotiations so far come up and say like enough is enough. We, you know, you guys not being able to negotiate a deal is now impacting us in a negative way. And Oh, it's just, it's, it's so much bigger than the owners are making it seem like in their little heads. So I, I don't really know how much more I can say because you nailed pretty much everything I was thinking except for it's uh it could get very very ugly if you know we can off the top of our head list dozens of different groups and parties that are negatively suffering because of this and yeah the owners might not care about the individually owned or tra- chain owned restaurant in you know a small town in the GTA they might not care about that but eventually they're going to when a lot of other people are saying hey you know you're really messing with us too because you know it's it's not even that like you the Rogers Center is obviously owned by Rogers who owns the team but you look at places like Tropicana Field or any other stadium that's named after somebody who's paid millions and hundreds of million dollars to have their name invested there as the as the name of the stadium or have yourself advertised on the outfield wall or whatever like this is it's ridiculous and I could see a lot of ramifications from this even after a cba is negotiated and that's why i'm just as a baseball fan i'm very worried for the next not even until the next cba is is or until this one is up well first you need a cba for it to be up eventually but once this is dealt with i think it's it's still far from over like we're we are not even close to the end game and it's very 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 worrisome because this easily could happen in the next time that this cba expires yeah, I wonder too because we knew, I guess, it kind of like was quiet. It kind of flew under the radar. But apparently, I think it was Joel Sherman who reported it, was that the Jays actually got approved or Rogers approved for further spending. Like they approved the Jays to spend more. Um, and this was after the one, number one, the Jose Barrios extension, number two, the Kevin Gosman signing. Will that remain the same after this ends? I mean, who really knows? Because, again, Jacob, you're saying we, we don't know when this is going to end, and every everyone is pretty much in the same boat here. So, you know, I'm sure it's just you, you wonder, too, what Ross Atkins and all of them, and I guess even Mark Shapiro and their ownership, like there's only so much planning they can do. I'm sure they've had different types of maps laid out for when they get out of this, you know, what they're going to do to because to fill their positions of need. But now, you know, if the luxury tax or their spending or their budget goes down, how does that really impact them to compare to what they were originally going to plan? And I think that's what worries me um, is that because, you know, we just, again, it, it was approved for it to raise, but now we really don't know here. And that's the problem. And that's the fear, especially for a team like the Jays. Mark, you said it. Um, they're missing out on yet another opening day, yet another year of the Jays not being here for, I guess, a full 162 game schedule. So the implications on that, it's very unclear. And that's the problem is that it's not very transparent 
compared to, I guess, like you said, a team like the Mets with Steve Cohen, who's got all the money in the world, and they're going to be just fine coming out of this. But, you know, people like Rodgers, like, I mean, you really have no idea, and that's the scary part here. So eventually it'll all get answered. But, um, yeah, until then, we are in the dark completely. We know that, you know, on the meantime, they got a new scoreboard that was was up on Twitter a couple days ago from someone who took a picture there. They've got renovations planned for the stadium. Like, I don't know how much of this changes. It's just another season of them now losing profit. And, of course, Rogers is a, um, another company who owns, owns half of MLSC who have also been dealing with capacity restrictions. So, you know, it hasn't been easy going for especially these Canadian companies um, in particular and these ownership groups, especially in Canada. So that's what freaks me out a little bit. And you just hope at the end of the day, everything is fine and nothing's really impacted because we know when the Jays are on, and we know this year in particular, I think we were all expecting um, pretty much a good crowd, like solid Jays attendance this year, I think all around. And I think we will get that afterward we're not going to be seeing empty stadiums and barring any capacity restrictions it it appears it's going to be full so we're expecting to see all that recover um however again when so that's the problem here because it's something that the jays haven't gotten and it's just money after money that are tons of revenue they missed out on and now they're going to be missing out again over something that isn't even necessary like that's the worst part about this and that's the final I guess, piece of the, you know, just to add the cherry on top in such a devastating uh, shape of view. See, I don't want to scare anybody, but you mentioned Rogers maybe not spending as much. That's only this offseason. Like, there are a few guys who I'm sure we're all aware of that are going to be getting paid very soon. The last thing you want is years of reduced profit to negatively influence that. But I'm just putting it out there. I pray to every type of sport god there is that that doesn't happen but the the implications might not even be gone after the dust settles we're depressed as enough as is jacob (laughs) no need to drop the prospect of a failed extension attempt on us for all these guys but yeah i mean it's it's grim and you meant you bring up the extension you bring up the spending i do want to talk about what the impact of this is on the blue jays themselves on the team um of the blue jays and you know how it impacts the fans i think someone mentioned this on twitter i don't remember who but they said um like this is the potentially the best team in franchise history potentially the best stretch of years in franchise history that we've ever seen like (laughs) we have the opportunity we have the honor the the privilege of being lucky to live through this time and to be fans during this time of the blue jays being so phenomenal and having such a great foundation of the prospects they have coming up in addition to the major league talent they already have, in addition to the spending they're willing to do at the major league level, in addition into the infrastructure they're willing to put place in terms of facilities, in terms of coaching staff, to be that top tier team, to be that behemoth of a market Mark Shapiro keeps talking about. We have the privilege of being living and being fans in a time when the Blue Jays are so, so good. And this is what we get. This is the result, um, and we don't get to watch that team, whether they're in person or not. We haven't been able to watch them now for three years straight do what they normally do in a regular season because of now for the third year because of what the owners are doing. So that's, I think, the impact of this. I don't know how much on-field impacts there are beyond 
like what every team is experiencing of a shorter season. Some team is going to get hot and run through it, kind of what we saw, you know, to a greater extent in the 60-day COVID season. But just from a fan perspective, it's brutal if you're a Blue Jay fan because this team is so good and we should be enjoying and cheering them on every single day. And instead we're doing this. We're, we're ranting and complaining to our heart's content, which is not what we should be doing right now. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I've thought about is last year was good, but I don't remember who it was, but there was some article, it might have been TSN, Sportsnet, some major sports coverage, and it said, I think Mark, you might have covered it, where it said the Blue Jays are supposed to be the team of the 2020s, where they're going to win potentially two yeah, World that was, Series. Um, that was Jim Bowden of The Athletic. He predicted the Blue Jays would be the team of the decade and would two, win two World Series before 2030. Mm, and see, like... Yes, it's just potentially a portion of this season, but like I don't want to miss out on that. I don't think a lot of Blue Jay fans want to miss out on that. And furthermore, like these are human beings that have clocks within them that don't last forever, that they're not going to be able to play forever. And you just hope that, I'm not going to name anybody for the sake of jinxing it, but you hope that nobody's time is cut short because of, or cut short in Toronto because of being able to, or cut short in Toronto because of this as I lose my words but yeah you you like we the the team has unfinished business after last season and it's looking to be a a, AL East AL pennant contender from day one and now day one is pushed back so oh this is just it's I don't really know how much more to say other than Rob Manfred uh, congratulations you have really made everybody excited and you know, you've kept the diehard fans. They're definitely not angry at you, and you're 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 definitely doing a lot of good for this sport. Yeah, um, I think Buster only actually is another one who actually predicted the Jays were going to win the World Series this year. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, but that's his World Series pick. I'm pretty sure, I'm like ninety percent sure, this year. So more hype there. We know, and we know how last season ended off of one game. I think that's what's even more sour here. So, you know, Jays fans have it. We we do have it rough here because of the 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 what we mentioned earlier about the home games and now just the way it ended and the the core that this team has built the excitement um, and the additions that will come along the way we just hopefully soon um, you know I guess before I give it back to you Mark I don't know do you guys want to do like a an updated prediction for opening day no. unless you're Mark I no. maybe no I don't want to think about that right now <laughs> well. You guys can. Hopefully, yours is correct. I mean, I have to because I'm I'm out now. So because I said March thirty first. So uh, Jacob, I think yours is still good. So I'm hoping, hoping by the end of May we're going. I I just I need more and I need actual proof along with every single fan, not just misinformation that we can figure this out soon. But we just don't really know how much the urgency is. See, I think you guys know that my predictions are a little bit off. Um... 2021 had a few things that didn't necessarily go my way so I don't really know where to predict but even like if I'm being serious I have no idea when this league is going to resume play and I genuinely do not like saying that I don't think anyone likes saying that or hearing that but technically March or April the 7th is still intact I'm predicting that's at least four to six weeks too early and I, I hate saying that but I'm I don't even know I don't even think I can make a prediction because in theory like the best part is Thursday could happen Thursday could be the best meeting of 
the entire lockout, we could be resuming spring training two weeks from now or beginning spring training. We haven't even started, but I, I don't really think that that's the case. So I, I, I'm not going to make a prediction just because it would be like, I might as well th- close my eyes and throw a dart at the board because it's who knows at this point. And all I can say is I want to see baseball in 2022, at least I'm, I'm still confident in that. I'll put it that way, but when that baseball will be maybe i don't know maybe i have to go watch the kbo or something else because the major league baseball clearly doesn't have their things together telling you i've been saying it over and over f1 it's where it's at drive to survive season four dropping in under two weeks and we know how crazy the actual f1 season was last year so and the indycar season just started up last weekend or uh yeah i guess it was last weekend and it was in St. Petersburg, and anyways, I'll stop talking about that. But yeah, I'm not um, I'm not in the state of mind to give a prediction of when baseball is going to start. So I'll stick with my whatever it was May first prediction. Um, let's talk about what comes next. Uh, what what's after this? I mean, there are two parts to this, and we'll start with the first one. The first one is just negotiations. What is next after this point? We've heard they're meeting Thursday. We know they've gone their separate ways they've gone home so negotiations are done for now but they're going to continue fingers crossed unless shit hits the fan again which we know it has many times in the past thursday is when negotiations are going to begin in new york city um that's where we're at right now the other part of this is just the future of baseball the impact of this on the sport and the success of the sport in the future. And, you know, we've touched on this, but um, you look at the 1994-95 strike, the impact that had on baseball and how disaster it was. You know, baseball, to be honest, took decades to recover from that. Never really recovered from the attendance um, that they had in the 1994 season before it was canceled. It was above 30,000 average per game, and it never recovered from that. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what comes next from this. I just know people are fed up. People are unhappy with the league. And, you know, we're not talking about the, the diehard fans here. The diehard fans, like us spending an hour to talk about how depressing baseball is on a Monday night or Tuesday night. That's not who we're talking about here. We're talking about baseball losing the casual fans who maybe would watch a game once in a while, go to a game once in a while, but instead no baseball this year. They're going to get in the habit of watching the NBA. Maybe they get excited about, I don't know, Formula One, like we're talking about. Maybe they get excited about a show on Netflix. You know, there are so many different ways that entertainment can grab your uh grab your eyes nowadays that that's who we're talking about we're talking about the casual fans that baseball is going to miss through all this i know we're running out of time here but um you know as a diehard fan i'm super frustrated and we're talking about this before the pod i was wearing my blue jay sweater today i was optimistic and happy about how things were going at the start of today we're in my 2015 um uh don't even remember what it says on it. The the postseason sweater from 2015. One of my favorite sweaters wearing that. I took it off after the negotiation didn't pan out. And instead, right now, I'm distinctly wearing nothing Blue Jays related, nothing baseball related. Um, I'm wearing the Ottawa Blackjacks hat from the Canadian Elite Basketball League. So check out that. They're on this summer if you guys want something to do besides baseball. And then this, Burlington Sock Puppets, independent baseball team that was speaking of 
of colossal mistakes by Rob Manfred was, I believe, cut from the minor league system because of another fantastic fuck-up that Rob Manfred has made during his time as commissioner. So, anyways, all that being said, future of baseball, not bright. Or future of the owners, not bright. Future of the leadership of the game, not bright. You know, I think, Bryson, you mentioned this. The actual sport itself isn't dying. It's the infrastructure around it. It's the league. It's the owners and the, the commissioner that are threatening baseball and doing their best to keep it back when it is indeed growing. Revenue is at record numbers the last, you know, full normal season we had in 2019. So, um, yeah, I think that's the picture of things moving forward. That's the future. That's how we look ahead from this point. Um, I don't know what thoughts you guys have to add and to wrap this up. I don't know what to say. I might have to invest myself more into the Leafs and get even more disappointed than usual, knowing that I do not have the Blue Jays to watch. Uh, I don't know. I might take up knitting or something, but hopefully hopefully one day we can see baseball again because it is a shame. It is one of the best sports, I think, to watch, and especially it's always on when you're a kid. You get to go watch it in the summer, so you, I think, at least for me, I have stronger positive associations to it so let's just hope the summer is not completely ruined by a bunch of billionaires who don't know how to spend a little bit more money to make the on-field product a lot better and I get it I'm not into the financials by any means I don't know the ins and outs but I also know that what the owners have done has really messed with a lot of pretty much everybody else except for the owners and if they don't want to see it like that, I mean, I don't really care at this point. You guys can go to your big houses, and before I say anything I regret, have fun, and eventually we'll see baseball again. Yeah, um, just want to let you guys know in case you weren't aware uh, about, let me see here, a few minutes ago, actually I should say an hour ago, uh, Rob Manfred released another letter to baseball fans. Oh, so as you guys were ranting, as I was listening to you, do not worry, I was also skimming through this uh, this letter and I would like to ask you know what are the odds that he didn't write this number one and number two how much is he really we all know that this is all rubbish but the third thing is he did say they are meeting Thursday confirmed and he did say there is no agreement in place until at least Thursday so you know what I used to be optimistic with that um, not anymore I mean we all know it's not happening Thursday, but uh, I guess it's good news that they will continue to talk and try and figure this out. And after hearing Tony Clark talk today and how motivated the players are and how pissed off he did seem, um, I'm pretty confident that the players will eventually get what they want, and hopefully they do stand strong during these times. And uh, yeah, I just didn't know if you guys knew about that letter he released or if you plan on reading it. Uh, I just wanted to end it off there, uh, just to, you know... Yeah, uh, what a wild week, and um, dark days remain. Mark, you pretty much said what I said. It's not the product, it's the people, and that's the problem. That And, of course, that impacts the sport, though, and we suffer from that, and, of course, the sport's popularity suffers from that, and that's really what truly sucks because we don't know um, the – we know the implications, we know the damages that do lie ahead, but we don't know how many games will truly be lost. I'm not going to read that letter today. Might read it tomorrow or sometime when I'm more <laughs> level-headed, but not right now. Um, 
yeah, nothing more to add, and we can wrap it up there. So thank you to everyone who's stuck with us through the thick and through the thin of the last, you know, three months of labor negotiations, and we're in for more. It's March 1st, and we're going to be talking about this, you know, fingers crossed for as short as possible, but who knows how long it really goes. So um, stay updated to everything we're doing. Keep listening. I know it's not the most fun time to be listening to baseball, but we are um, here. We're trying to make it as entertaining as possible. So um, yeah, with that, I'm not even going to plug anything today because everyone's on their last wit. So um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see you next time. Hopefully we got some better developments in the baseball world. And would you please say hello to all the folks that I know and tell them I won't be long. They'll be happy to know that as you saw me go, I was singing the song. We'll meet again.